Hi, I'm Alicia Atchison. I'm vegan, an animal lover, and animal rights activist. Many people say that becoming vegan is one of the best decisions they have made in life. I'm here to share my guest stories on their choice to live a kind life and what it means for them to be vegan. Welcome to A Kind Life. Today I'm joined by Telly. How are you going, Telly? Good, Alicia. And you? Yes, so well. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to have you on. I love, we're just chatting about you sitting in the car. You're, you're making the best of your time. I love it. You're very productive. So thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. You have to be multitasking, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Small business owner. Well, thank you for having me. And um, I appreciate you and your audience um, giving me this opportunity to listen to what I have to say. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I will say if anyone isn't, you know, going to see the visuals for this, they're just listening to the audio on a podcast platform. I, the first thing I said when I saw you, Tully, is you, you've changed up a bit of your look. So for anyone that sees this visually, they'll be able to understand what I'm saying. But the first Tully I ever knew that I saw on social media looked a little bit different to now. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a shock either way. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone who may not know you, Tully, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Tully. Well, my real name is Atul, A-T-U-L. And I started my social media journey about four year, five years ago now on TikTok and then um, moved into Instagram. Um, the idea was to showcase the world uh, how easy um, vegan food and Indian cooking can be. Um, my whole purpose was to make um, the recipes fun, easy and delicious for the people and one thing led to another. I started doing some fun, funny videos online and, and then had a bit of a engagement and gained about half a million followers online. So that's a little bit about myself, but I'm sure Alicia, you'll ask me more questions, which go a bit deeper than that. So in nutshell, I'm a, I'm an entertainer, entrepreneur, and an educator. That's who I am. Yeah. So tell us about your childhood, your upbringing. I grew up in India, a quaint town called Amritsar. This is a border of Pakistan and, and India, um, basically only 35 kilometers from the border of India and Pakistan. Um, it's a very culturally and historically significant town. Culturally, because um, I'm not sure if you or your audience are familiar with a religion in India called Sikh religion, the, the people who wear turbans, you might, might uh, know like that. So they have their one of the most important temples in that city called the Golden Temple. So culturally, it's it's very, very important. And historically, it's important because it's been on the border of Indian Pakistan. So it's it's um it's um it's a town where it's a gateway to Pakistan in a way. Um so when the when the British left India in 1947, um the migration of two countries happened because the, the Hindu people who were living in Pakistan and the Muslims who were living in India, they had to cross borders. And they, this was the main transit route, Amritsar border. There was a lot of bloodshed because of that uh, turbulent times. So historically, it's very, very important. Now, about me, I grew up in that town. And um, the other part about this town, which probably a lot of people outside of India doesn't know, don't know, is that it's a food capital of Punjab. It's popular for some of its uh, dishes, which are like aloo paratha, aloo kulcha, puri chole, and a few other things, which are like quint, essentially, they call it amritsari. And I think you will probably ask me later, being around this kind of food, which is culturally and and um, important food in Indian, Indian cuisine, I developed the taste for food um, and 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 cuisines and and things like that 
but also when I was growing up, my father passed away when I was like only eight years old and my mother was a single mother. So she raised us and she gave us a lot of responsibility in Edward, maybe not consciously, but because she was a busy lady, she would teach us how to cook. And sometimes we would have to do it because she's not home or she's busy working or she comes home late from, for, for, from, from an appointment. So we had to kind of fend for ourselves. And that's where the bug of cooking caught me. Um, and the fact that when you make something for your parents and they appreciate it, when they come home, you kind of win their approval. And it, it became one of those things. Okay, if I make good food, then I can get her approval as well. So I think that's where it all started as my childhood. Other than that, my childhood, I have very fond memories of my grandparents' houses, both of both my mom's grandparents um, and my dad's parents. But I've particularly enjoyed going to my dad's uh, grandmother house because he always used to give me money when I used to go to the house so that I could buy all the junk stuff, which parents don't let you eat. And I'm finding that now because I've got a three-year-old and I'm finding that now he loves going to the grandmother's house. And I'm thinking, oh, this is why, this is why, because grandmother lets him eat whatever he wants. Um, it's annoying as a parent, but I'm sure as a child, I loved it. And I'm sure my, my son is loving it. Apart from that, I was reasonably all right at school when I was growing up. Um, well, who am I kidding? I was really good at school. <laughs> Partly because I was scared of my mum, because she was the teacher in the same school I used to go to. So I couldn't get away with anything. So I had to study hard because if I didn't, I would get two punishments, one from my teacher and one from my mum on the same day. So I had no choice to, but to be a good student. I was all right into sports in school, but never played anything seriously, but I was good at sports in general. And growing up, um, I think one of the things which was really important, or not important, but really shaped me was hanging out with my cousins. It shaped me a lot because they were my closest friends. Because my father passed away and, and my mom was a single mother, she wasn't comfortable us wandering out too much. So instead of having friends outside of the family, we had a lot of friends inside the family, which is cousins. So that's a little bit about my childhood. I don't know if I told you too much or too little. No, that's great. It's good to understand. It's, yeah, it sounds like you had such a diverse sort of upbringing. So what what was your kind of, like, what were some of the things that you would... Well, predominantly, we would eat curries growing up, but <clears throat> I remember... If you're growing up in Amritsar, which is which is where I'm from, your breakfast, especially on the weekends, is the traditional dishes of that city, which is alu kulcha, which is stuffed potato naan bread, naan bread stuffed with potatoes. And the other one is puri chole, which is a fluffy um, fried bread served with chickpea curry on the side. So these are the two main things you grow up eating every weekend. And if you're not eating, if, you, if it's not a weekend, generally speaking, you would, whatever leftover food you have from the night, let's say you have some lentils left over from the night, your parents will put them in the, in the flour, knead it with the flour and make a kind of a bread to eat it in the morning. Or if everything else fails, um, you have a bread and butter simple that 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 is that is even in india is, is a huge thing um eating bread and butter in the morning apart from that dinners were generally curries or mostly vegetable curries and um one thing i will say is that there is another cuisine in india which a lot of people might know it's called the south indian cuisine 
my mom and my mom was very big into um, food. So she was a bit of a foodie because she was a good cook. And she used to make these things at home all the time on the weekends. And it's a bit of a labor intensive process because you have to soak the lentils overnight before you grind them. Once they're ground, you make them, you mix with water, spices and a few other things and, and make them quite like um, pancake batter. And then you make pancakes out of it, but they are, they are savory pancakes because you stuff, stuff them with spicy potatoes. And then it's served on the side with, with a soupy lentil curry. Um, and it's a very South Indian thing to do. And, and my mom, because she was quite interested in making food, we would do that um, on the weekends. And then at some stage, when I was about nine or 10, we moved into an area where there was a, well, this is something I think it's important in my upbringing is that when I was about um, six years old, uh, or five years old, I think, we moved to an army base. It's a peacetime army base because Amritsar is very close to the border of Pakistan. There is an army base. And the reason we moved to that army base was because there was a school in there, which my mom was teaching in, uh, teaching at. So they transferred over into that army base so that she lives close by to the school. She gave her a, um, um, an apartment to live. And once you move in that area, you get to know a lot of Indian culture. What I mean by that is India has 25, 26 states, something like that. And each state, believe it or not, has its own culture. So as much as when you come outside of India, you say like, I'm an Indian. And people think that, yes, if you're an Indian, you're an Indian because that's what Indian is. There is a stereotype of being an Indian. It's not like, you know, if you're from America or more like if you're from Australia, if you tell someone you're Australian, people think, yeah, you're Australian and that's it. But in India, each state has a different culture. So, for example, I'm from Amritsar, which is the state of Punjab. If I go to the north, south of India, if people have heard of something called Chennai, we don't understand the language of each other. We really don't. The food is completely different, absolutely different. The spices might be similar, but the way it's cooked is completely different. So North Indian people eat a lot of wheat, the bread. South Indian people eat a lot of rice. So there's a huge difference in the cultures. As I said, we don't understand the language one bit. It's a completely different language. So coming back to my point, being on this army base, there were people from all over India, some from North, some from South, some from East, some from West. So hanging out with people and in that school, especially that, that school that had kids from army people from all over the, all over India, you, you get to understand different foods and different cultures and different where people live within India itself. Um, and I think that also shaped my upbringing. I credit my open-mindedness to that because I was always curious, okay, if I do things this way or we do things this way at home, why not, why not, why are they not doing the things when I go to their house the same way we do it? And this is where my learning and curiosity grew. So that that also played a lot, big part in my in my upbringing, I guess. Um, so yeah, so talking of this story, because when we moved to that army base and and as we were living there, we found out there was a canteen, an army mess kind of thing. The big mess. I don't know if your audience or you know the word mess. Mess mess is not the mess as in messy, but mess is called like a canteen where all the army people go and they get they get food given to them. So we called it the army mess. So this army mess had different kind of um, shops in there, restaurants in there. And one 
one of those restaurants was the South Indian restaurant, and it was run by authentic South Indian people who have who were in the army. It was run by them, and they had the most authentic South Indian food. And we used to order it every weekend in the morning for breakfast. And it's a, it's it's considered breakfast food, most of the South Indian food. Um, and I think that's where that's where a lot of my curiosity about food also developed because I was you would go in there and there was an open kitchen. You would see them make this food. And I was like, wow, this is completely different to what my mom make at home. Even when she was making South Indian food at home, the way they make it is a completely different. It's like an operation. Um, so it was a fascinating thing to see all these things living in that army base. Yeah. And so when you were a child, what did you want to be? Like when you sort of grew up, I suppose that's a, a common thing we ask people, but yeah, did you know what you wanted to do at that stage as a child? No, because, you know, if you, it's, it's a cliche what I'm going to say. If you, if you grow up in an Indian family, you don't have a choice what you want to be. You either become a doctor or an engineer. And I remember distinctly because I was in the army base from a very young age, I always said to people that I want to be a pilot. I didn't even know what it takes to be a pilot. Later on, I realized that you have to be really good at maths, which I was not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to be. And so when did you move to Australia and what was the reason behind that? I moved to Australia in 2003 and the simple reason was greener pastures. Because in India, uh, even though I was a good student, I was not like A++ student. I was probably an A student or maybe B plus student. And to be that, um, and I'm talking about university and college, to be in the good jobs and, and everything else you want to be in India for a steady and a great life, you have to be like really, really, really in the 1% of, of, the, of the student population. So I was talking to one of my friends and he's like, oh, why don't you go to England? Or why don't you go abroad, um, you know, further studies and all that? I was like, oh, not sure about that. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, yeah, you know what? That might be a good idea to, to get out of here. And um, I've always been fascinated to Hollywood movies and, and Western culture. So I was like, yeah, it might be a good idea to do something. And I put the idea forward to my mom. First, she was quite against it. But then she came around and she she's like, okay, well, let's do it. And uh, I started applying for all the universities in England. In the end, I found um, a, an education agent in India who specializes in Australian universities. And he got me into university in in Melbourne and basically the short answer is I came here for greener pastures and what was that what were you studying at uni oh, what a what a what a typical answer to this will be I was studying masters in information systems or in more common terms something to do with IT <laughs> yeah and so did you ever like did you start your career in that before you started doing um, I'll, I'll be honest with you I never had any interest in it my only interest was getting out of India so my goal when I was studying, well, when I was in school in Australia, my goal was not to learn, but my goal was how to settle in Australia. So I think it'll be very fair to say that I didn't learn much, much in school <laughs> because I absolutely had no intention of. Was it a jo- big culture shock though, like coming over here and then, you know. As a matter of fact, no, I felt that I belonged here. That's amazing. I and really so- did. Um, I think if anything... When I go back to India at times, like I go back every few years, it's a culture shock for me to go back to India now. I think part of this has to go back to, again, my childhood because 
I was so curious about learning about other cultures and I always wanted to live the other cultures in a way. When I say live the cultures, what I mean to say is experience the other cultures. So I had that inherent curiosity to experience the other things. What I don't have, I want to experience that. And because of that curiosity, I think when I came here, everything was exciting rather than shocking. And so what then made you, like what inspired you to start TikTok? I went to see an entrepreneur, social media um, um, influencer called Gary Vaynerchuk in Melbourne. He's most popularly known as Gary V. Um, he came to Melbourne in 2019, about I think Ju- July or August 2019. And at that time I was dabbling with the idea of starting a business and um, I, I've just made, you know, my Instagram page and tick, not even TikTok page. I just had an Instagram page at that time and I had no idea what I was doing and I had no idea what I have to do. Anyway, so I went there and I saw this person and this person said, Gary, we said, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to create a media company, not a, not a whatever business you're doing, not that company, but a media company. What, that, what he meant to say was that, People's attention is now on content. So you have to create content and you have to create a content on a platform, which there is a lot of real estate in at the moment. And at that time, real estate was at TikTok. He said TikTok in 2019 was considered as for teenagers dancing and and that's it. And he said like, this is now, this is like now. So people who are ignoring this, they're making a big mistake. So there is a lot of real estate available there. Get on it. It's like, you know, 10 years ago, nobody wanted to live in, I don't know, Wyndham Vale or, or, or areas which are far away from Melbourne. But now you can't get real estate there either. So it's, it's like that on social media. So being an upcoming, up and coming platform, there was a lot of places, a lot of things on TikTok, which I could explore and, and make a mark on, according to Gary Vee. And I took his advice and I went home and I made a video. And... Um, the first ever video I made on TikTok, it was one of those funny dance videos. I still left that on my, it's still on my Instagram as a reminder of how I started. Um, and I had a comment on that video um, from an eight-year-old child who said, never do this again. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, my girlfriend looked at me and she's like, oh, this is bad. I was like, no, this is not bad. If this is the worst, there is nothing worse than this then. So the only way from here is up. So let's keep, keep at it. So I kept at it, kept at it. And, and for the one year, after one year of grind, finally I created this character, which is Talianko with all this funny hair and an accent. And that really took off. And, and then one thing led to another. Um, I have almost half a million followers. Have you always kind of had that, I suppose, like creative flair? Like, is it something that excites you doing or? Yeah, I think I do. Um, more than, more than the, yeah, I do. I, I, I am a creative person. My brain is always working to do something different, to do something, um, funny, to do something where I can grab people's attention in a, in a good way, because I think that's also comes from the fact that when you're growing up as a, as a, as a child who's lost a father and, and a single mother, at least I can only talk for me, um, there are certain insecurities you grow up with. And one of those insecurities for me was to be a part of something, to be, to be recognized, not to be, you know, be in the oblivion and in the background, nobody notices you. So I think 
my creativity comes from that. That's where my motivation is. Like I want to make a difference um, so that I can, I feel that I've, I've done something worthwhile so that people can, people remember me and, and notice me. Um, so that that's where my creativity comes from. And has it always been your mission to show people that it is like you could, it's easy to make vegan curries? Only when I started my journey on TikTok and and my vegan journey, yes. Yeah, and part Not of that before that, I had no idea. What I was. <laughs> and so, part of that, obviously, I guess there's kind of a, a few facets, isn't there? Like, there's you doing the recipe development and sharing it, but then there's also the product side of things as well. So, let's talk about that. Yeah. So once I started make, making making videos my passion for indian food reignited in a way because i realized when i when i stopped eating meat and and started to live a compassionate eating lifestyle that indian recipes are the easiest one to take the dairy and meat out of so that that gave me a bit of a bit of a idea that okay um obviously vegan food people find boring and and whatnot but also what what is the the challenges with Indian food, people find it quite, quite hard and time consuming. So I combined those two to create fun, easy and delicious recipes, which can be made easily, quickly and can be veganized. So Indian recipes that can be veganized very easily. Um, and you don't have to spend hours in the kitchen to do that. So while I was doing that, um, I, I used to have a lot of spices in the house and to make it easy, I used to combine them all together. And, and whenever I used to make a recipe, I'll put them in there and say, like, here you go. Uh, the recipe is done. And even sometimes when my girlfriend said, like, I'll cook food for you. Uh, just let me know what spices you need, I need to use. I was like, oh, just use that spice blend which I made and that's it. So that gave me the idea. Okay, well, if this can help me and my girlfriend, maybe it can help other people as well. Um, and so I created spice blends to help people cook Indian food without any effort. Um, little did I realize that um, at that time everything in my head was like yes what I'm doing is you know amazing and and because I've got this creative flair and and what I'm creating is something really different little did I realize that when I created these spices there were two challenges with that one there were other spice blends in the market and two when people got those spice blends um, it was hard for them to finish them quickly so if somebody bought a spice blend, it will last them like a year. So for me, it was like, this is where my entrepreneur kicked in. I was like, okay, first of all, I haven't created something really unique. Secondly, if somebody's taking one year to come back to buy those spice blends, this is not a sustainable business model for me. So within, within six months of that, I realized, okay, I need to do something else. And once again, I said like, what to do? Since I couldn't think of any revolutionary idea at this stage, I said like, Maybe I should create the, the sauces which I create in my recipes um, inspired by my mom's cooking. Why shouldn't I why can't I just bottle them up and 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 hopefully the customers will take to that? The challenge with that was um, most of the curry sauces which I found in the market, they were quite cheap. And well, what I found out the reason they were cheap was because there was a lot of things in them which shouldn't be in there if you're cooking it at home. For example, preservatives. Um, and nuts and dairy and um, um, sunflower oil. Not that nuts shouldn't be in there because, you know, some of the Indian recipes definitely have nuts in there. But now I wanted to create something which is very simple, very basic, but very flavorful and has the least amount of ingredients so that when I'm creating 
it as a product. It's not costing me too much to create that product. So I developed these sources, which are, which are vegan friendly, which are nut free. Well, I can't say nut free, which are no added nuts, no added gluten, no added dairy, and they're cooked in olive oil. And they're all inspired by my mom's recipes. And they only got like five ingredients in each sauce. Now, in my head, I was, <laughs> this, is, this is another mistake I made, which I'm learning as we go along in my journey. I said like, okay, I've only got five ingredients. This is going to be really cheap to make. Well, it turns out the less of the ingredients, the more expensive the sauce. <laughs> because there is no fillers in them. There is no, no something to increase the quantity when you're making them. So I am literally basically making the real curries as, as somebody would make in India and putting them in a jar. So they actually cost me arm and a leg to produce. And hence why if my sauce is sell for $12.50, there's a reason because some of the sauces in the supermarket I've seen sell for $6, $7, $5. And you think like, geez, how they're doing it, how they're getting away with it. Well, they can, but I wanted to stick to my, the, the roots, the way I learned how to cook Indian food from my mom. And I wanted to make sure that I'm giving people real, real taste of India. And I know every entrepreneur starts a business, things like their product is the best, but, but I've been doing the sources now for the last nine months and we all already got about hundred plus five-star Google reviews. So that gives you a validation that, okay, what I've created is something special. So this is a journey I'm still learning and developing, but this is the, this is where the product side came into after the social media. And do you have like, what would be, I guess there's two parts to this. What is your favorite recipe? And then what's your favorite sauce? It might be the same, but I don't know. So yeah, tell, tell me both. Yeah. My favorite sauce would be, um, actually I've got two and this is funny. And this goes back to what I was explaining to you earlier about my childhood. One of them is Rogan Josh. Rogan Josh is a North Indian curry. It's a tomato based curry. And the second one of my favorite is coconut masala, which is a South Indian curry. It's a coconut based curry with mustard seeds in it. And these Two of my absolute favorites. Um, and I think it subconsciously consciously reminds me of my childhood eating the North Indian and South Indian food at the same time. Um, and what was your second part of the question? Was what is your like favorite recipe? My favorite recipe, I think I would say uh, tarka dal. Um, I love eating dal um, and dried, not dried, but masala potatoes. So basically um, it's like... Um, spiced spiced potatoes but no no curry sauce on it it's just made with dry spices so this this is my go-to meal lentils and and potatoes with with um roti on the side and so can people find those like oh, also i love pasta <laughs> I, said, I said one tully you've gone too far <laughs> no i've gone too far <laughs> so can people find some of these recipes like through i saw that you've got an ebook so is it best to get the ebook or find scroll through social media to find your favorite recipes yeah yeah i've got a couple of free resources as well um you can go to a website called cooklikeanindian.com and there is a free ebook you can download or I've got a paid ebook. It's it's quite expensive. It's like one dollar. You can buy it there on my website, uh, and my website is Tully's T U L L Y Z Tully's Kitchen Plus, um, I've got millions and millions of recipes. Well, millions is an exaggeration. A few hundred recipes on my TikTok and and Instagram in a video format. And on top of that, if you go to my website, there's a blog section for recipes where I've got about 100 recipes there. 
So yeah, uh, you don't have to buy the ebook if you can't part with your dollar, hard-earned dollar. Um, you can just get all these free, free resources on various platforms. And so when people buy one of your sources, like tell us like how easy is it then for them to go from having like a jar sauce to making a delicious? Well, it's very, very simple. And this is the most exciting part. All you need to do is this is where I get really passionate about what I've created because obviously they're all natural, zero preservatives, cooked in olive oil, no nasties and everything which a real curry should have, which is the real ingredients. So I call it real curries for real people. Um, but the most exciting part is the convenience. And, and there's no exaggeration when I said this. All you need to do is brown your protein or veggies, add the sauce, cook for 10 minutes and boom, shakalaka dinner done. <laughs> and i hope you know it's very mouth-watering here talking about all the like even just your favorites and the sauces i'm like it's you know what 10 30 in the morning i'm sitting here thinking oh is it lunch yet <laughs> well in india we do it for breakfast so do it <laughs> we can eat curries for it. breakfast and so you also do a, you like you've been to events things like markets you've held like dinners and things so yeah tell us about that and do you have any upcoming yeah, so I've collaborated with a couple of restaurants. Um, there's a restaurant um, in, in the city, Reggie Tribe. I made some boutique small batch ice cream and they stuck my ice cream over there, which went really well, which gives me an idea. Spoiler alert, I might be bringing those ice creams to the shelves. Um, I don't know when, but very soon. Um, and I'm thinking of creating flavors like um, mango lassi, um, chai latte, cinnamon coffee, and pistachio milkshake. These are like the reminis These are the nostalgic flavors as a kid I used to drink in drinks in India. Um, so yeah, there you go. There's a, there's a scoop for your audience. I might be bringing those in tubs uh, to a store near you. Not supermarkets, but uh, green grocers. And then I have worked with a couple of restaurants in creating uh, pop-up events for dinners for there's a there's a restaurant in Camberwell in Victoria called the old garage um we did a collaboration night there where we put up a dinner three three course dinner four course dinner including the dessert where I created a entire menu menu for the night and it was by invite only people came enjoyed my food and um yeah um there is nothing upcoming as yet had a friend um I've, she, she always posts your sources mon also known as uh, filthy vegan oh yes she um yes. yeah she said i said to her i was going to the vegan market in a couple of weeks and she's like make sure if you're there if tully's there make sure you get a sauce <laughs> absolutely well come see me you might be able to get it for no charge <laughs> so are you going to the vegan market next month in november yes i am. i will be there yep amazing oh that's so good and is there anything else i guess so you've told us about the ice cream which is a little bit of a scoop, which we like to have. But is there anything else that you're planning for the future? Anything, you know, that you're kind of working Absolutely. on in the background? Within next month, you should be able to buy another thing which I'm launching, another product I'm launching. It's Indian-flavored hot sauce. Ooh. It will be called Mumbai Fire. Yeah. And, and if you are, if you see me, in the farmer's markets over the next couple of weeks, I will be giving out some free samples because I, I have created the recipe. I'm just getting some feedback. And um, yeah, I think within a month or so, it should be on my website. How hot is hot? Tell us. I'll put it this way. It will burn you twice. 
you'll yeah you'll be very disappointed when I tell you this Tully I'm actually going to India at the end of the year for a friend's wedding and um he's been trying to train me for like the heat of Indian curries and I'm really it's not it's I'm not I'm not really exceed like excelled at this so far so if you have any tips <laughs> I'm not disappointed at all what I what I'll do is when you see me I'll give you a bottle of hot sauce and I'll give you a bottle of one of my curries which is the hot ones and then you can have a tablespoon of that every day and by the time you go to India you'll be all hardened up that's what he said I just can't I don't know I'm a little bit scared but I can try <laughs> now just so that you know people I don't want to scare people my curry sauces um, apart from the hot sauce most of them are family friendly spice levels apart so butter chicken korma coconut masala they're very family friendly so please don't be scared if you ever decide to look at them and, and purchase them don't get scared that they're very spicy they're not yep and so other than markets like you've obviously got the website but is there any other stockists like is there you know in victoria or where can people find them so if you go on my website there is a tab called stockists you should be able to get all our um list of stockists in there great yeah fantastic and tully is there anything else that we might have missed that you did want to mention Actually, you know what? I've been thinking um, when when you got when you invited me to this podcast that how do I give more value to your audience? First of all, if you're looking for recipes, whether that's Indian or vegan recipes, you can go on my website. Um, website. You can go on my social media channels. Enjoy those recipes, and I can promise you, Indian food and vegan food won't be the same after you see those recipes because my I'm a I'm a self-professed lazy person, so those recipes are really really easy to make really really easy to follow um if you have any questions about any recipes or as a matter of fact if you have any questions about if you're wanting to start a business or something and you don't know where to start please hit me up i'm more than happy to help you out because i'm i'm sure that a lot of your audience have some ideas um being in the vegan space and i'm sure there are a lot of products missing in the vegan space and i'm sure some of your audience have those really cool ideas and they don't know where to start hit me up um i've learned from my mistakes and I'm still making mistakes every day, but I'll be able to help you and avoid you making those expensive mistakes. I'll give you an example. The first batch of curry sauces I made, $7,500 down the drain because it didn't turn out right. We have to throw it all out because when you scale the recipes, it's completely different to what you make in your kitchen. So these are the little examples as a new entrepreneur you don't know or you don't have the experience. And, and if I can help you guide along the way, um, whether that's sourcing, where to source the ingredients from, how to make the recipes in a larger scale, where to get your labels. Should you make it in your backyard or should you get a manufacturer? So all these things I can help you with, how to approach the shops, how do you, how do you get them to um, sell your or stock your products? So yeah, feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to help you out. And secondly, I'm going to give you a discount code for your audience. Um, it's only for your, your podcast. Um, if they go on my website and use the code K-Y-N-D, kind 15. You can place an order and get 15% off your entire order. You are amazing, Tally. Thank you so much. That's so kind. And I'm sure there'll be people that reach out because like you said, we all, this community, like we all want to try and make a difference in so many ways. And like you said, there's products yeah. and things that we might've thought of that we haven't quite been brave enough to kind of take that step. So thank you for offering both, you know, your advice, your wisdom, your experience, but also, yeah, an offer so that people can try your curries. I'm sure there'll be, there, I mean, we don't want to say it, but there's probably existing existing customers of yours that might want to jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The more, the merrier. There's a <laughs> lot of room so in this bandwagon, on this bandwagon. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tally. It's been great to hear your personal journey and also what you're doing in this business space. And I look forward to seeing you at the vegan market next month. 
Oh, that will be exciting. And thank you very much for having me. And as I said in the beginning, thank you, audience, for giving me your valuable time and listening to what I had to say. Hope, hope, hope I was of some help. Absolutely. And even just your, your vibrant personality is just, yeah, entertaining. You're always engaging. So thank you so much. Thank you, Alicia. I appreciate you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. I would love to hear from you if you've been inspired by this episode or if you have any requests for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at A Kind Life. Remember, be kind to your body, kind to animals, and kind to our planet. Take care.